That's popped up. Shallow center field. Correa is out, calling everyone off. He's there, makes the catch, and that is the ball game. Now, the Houston Astros are 2017 American League West champions. Another Astros podcast. 3 2 again. Swing and a miss. Bogart strikes out, and that is the ball game. The Houston Astros take a two games to none lead in the best of five American League Division Series, defeating the Boston Red Sox today by a final of eight to two. Well, eight to two seemed to be a common theme as the Astros won yesterday afternoon with an identical score. But a lot of contributors, it was mostly all Altuve yesterday, a lot of players, including Carlos Correa, four RBIs with a couple of extra base hits in this ballgame. Great pitching by Keiko, a little wobble early in the ballgame, and then he shoved, absolutely shoved at the rest of his outing. A big win for the Astros. They're up 2-0 now. They go to Fenway Park feeling really good about themselves. Okay, we're going to get started with uh, A.J. Hinch, who has the first question. Brian. Yes, Tex. Uh, Beltran comes off the bench and, and gets the hit yesterday. Just uh, with the way Gaddis is swinging it, just mm-hmm. what do you see his role? Has it evolved and, and changed um, than you thought it would maybe at the start of this series? Uh, not really. I think it's going exactly how we expected. Uh, you know, Gaddis is going to DH against against the left-handed starters. He did against uh, Sale and Pomeranz. And then tomorrow, uh, Beltran will DH against Fister, and, and Gaddis will be available off the bench. So... It's, it's mapped out exactly how we expected. Bo- both guys are swinging the bat well in their, in their areas uh, that their strengths, their strengths are. So um, it was good to get Beltran in at bat, more so because of the, the distance and time that we've had where we haven't, he hasn't played. You know, the, the way the games have played out in game one and two, it was hard to get him in there uh, with Gattis swinging the bat well and then predominantly throwing left-handed pitching. So um, Beltran on DH tomorrow. When you look at Peacock's season, just how much he evolved, was there a, a turning point for you, something that really sticks out? Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing for Brad has been has been where he's come from spring training to where he is now. Because um, breaking camp, he just wanted to make the team. And so to go from just wanting to make the team to pitching in game three of the division series is, is a is a uh, incredible step for him. But, uh, you know, the, the, the breakthrough for him – I think came you know mid-season when he got on this roll out of the rotation. He started realizing how many swings and misses he could get with his breaking ball. Uh, his fastball has always been good, and the confidence level for him to uh, to go up against any lineup, right or left-handed, and have his pitches be effective, just built confidence in him. Um, and, and I think deep down inside, he wants to be a starter. <clears throat> and I think part of the the problem when you have a guy like him is it's easy to to move him around and and the path of least resistance and just put him back in the bullpen. And we never really wanted to do that. Um, and even though he's a team-oriented guy, I think deep down inside he wants to start, like every like every pitcher. Um, but as he built these these win after win after win, you start you start being the starting pitcher of of, of games that you win. Um, that belief system is real, and and you know he never wavers. He never um, he never panics. He never the moment's never too big for him, and it's going to come up key tomorrow when he's pitching in Fenway for the second time in a week. Brian. AJ, your top four hitters, and obviously that, that young core you guys have had for a couple of years have really started to flourish this year. Uh, 12 with 32, six home runs, 10 RBIs. How, how, how 
critical can it be for any type of franchise to have two, three, four young players you can build around, stack in that lineup, and, and really know what you have every day? Well, it's great when they play well. You know, it's easy It's easy to ride them in the lineup and, and watch them play. I mean, these guys prepare like like none other. And I think that's a, that's a tribute to some of the older players that have shown them the way uh, in how to prepare for every series and every, every pitcher. So I'm proud of these guys. You know, I, I really do believe that, you know, the batting order is always a, a topic of conversation with managers. They, I never go to a city where I don't get asked about it. You know, I, I don't care about it near as much as it seems. I use a lot of different lineups. And, uh, but the consistent names are, are what they are. And, and where Bregman hits tomorrow and where, you know, Carlos is going to hit fourth and Al- Jose is going to hit, hit third and George is going to hit the top of the order. Um, we just need to keep throwing really good at bats together like we have in game one and game two. The, the the strength of this team will continue to be not just those big names and that core you're talking about, but the depth of this lineup to where, um, you know, most likely Yuli's going to hit towards the bottom of the order. Brian McCann's going to hit the bottom of the order tomorrow. Those are incredibly productive players getting out of the, the, the seven, eight, nine hole that most teams don't have. The the youth exuberance, the, the energy, the the core that you're talking about certainly is the energy, but they're not the only reason we're here. Jay. Thinking back to, to spring training, do you think Brad Peacock would have made your team had Colin McHugh not started the season on the disabled list? I do. I do. You know, we, we've always valued Colin, Colin Brad, uh, in, the, in the sense that he had a role on our team. Uh, it probably would have impacted that last bullpen job, but we wanted to give ourselves as much time to see how effective he could become as any sort, whether it's a Swiss Army knife, you know, reliever that's become popular or... Um, you can never have too much starting pitching. We, we've found that out this year. Within a first couple months, you know, we needed upwards of ten or eleven starting pitchers just to get uh, just to get through a rotation. So, um, I think he would have made our team. Our, our our guys have always liked him. We've always felt like he's effective. I think the big question was always what what's the best use of him? How do we how do we get the most outs out of him? Uh, whether that be every day as a reliever or uh, in the role that he's in now, which is which is a starting pitcher. So. Uh, his pitch effectiveness has always been really good, and I think that's been the appeal of Brad Peacock. And uh, we're lucky we hung on to him because it had, had he not been in our rotation, I have no doubt he would have been on someone's pitching staff, um, you know, throwing important innings. You look back at the journey from spring training to here, all that you guys have put into this. Um, you're a long way from winning game three before you celebrate, but you're in a position now. You've got margin for error. You control your own destiny. Some thoughts about where you're at now. Well, we're happy with where where we where we're at because you know we're in the best position possible coming into this series where we've won both games. Um, but we have pretty good perspective on this team. I, I don't I don't see any sense of entitlement. I don't see a team that that's starting to look forward to the next series because we're not there yet. And and that mentality is will be entrenched in this team, and, and our guys will respond accordingly. So, you know, you you want to draw up a two o two o lead any five game series? Sign me up. I'm in. I think it's a tremendous opportunity, but. It, it's only the opportunity that you that you can move on to the next game and, and get to the uh, get to the finish line. You know, we, we do need to play well to beat these guys. We're at, we're at their home stadium. It's a tough place to play. Our guys will keep all that in perspective and go into game three as hungry as ever. JP. AJ, how is your uh, recent look at Fister differ, if at all, stylistically from when he was with you last year? Well, his velocity's up for the first thing. I mean, uh, Jose came off the field after his first at bat and said, I stood behind that guy for six months and he didn't didn't throw that hard. You know, just the movement and the velocity and the conviction in his pitches. I know he made a couple adjustments with his delivery with, um, you know, with Carl Willis over here and Bannister over here. So I think he's a touch different stylistically because he's got a ton of conviction coming down the hill and, and going towards the hitter. 
Uh, familiarity. We saw him last week. Some of our guys did. You know, Reddick was was out. Uh, I don't think McCann caught that game. I think Gaddis did. So there'll be some guys in the lineup that didn't see him last week that'll be in this week. Uh, but we've got to get him over the middle part of the play. When he pitches to the margins and gets uh, either gets the calls or if he's executing his pitches, he's as tough as ever because he can make the ball move both ways. Uh, we know that. We knew that last year when he was good for us and, and even more so last week when the velocity came a little bit. Um, he's not. He's not afraid of the big moments, the postseason, the, the 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 history that he's had. So, we know we'll get his best, and and we need to beat his best. AJ on your left. Hi, AJ. Maureen Mullen, USA Today. Obviously, your team had a tremendous regular season, but sometimes, even though it's a matter of less than a week, going from the regular season into the postseason can just be a completely different animal. What has surprised you or impressed you most about the way your team has handled that transition? Probably just our, you know, our overall balance. You know, we we haven't we haven't gotten too ahead of ourselves in any one game or any or the fact that we're up 2-0. And I'm proud of that perspective. I think that's hard. You know, when we got we, much of the season, we were told we were a playoff team. We talked about the playoffs as early as April, uh, which was probably a touch unfair to us in that we had a long schedule to play. Now we play it out. It worked out like a lot of people expected it to. We played well for six months or five months. Had a little rough August. Um, but but we kept we kept going after and churning and, and doing the things that, that made us successful. You get to the postseason, there's a there's a small uh, tendency to want to do more, and we haven't. We've just been ourselves. We've been loose. We've been we've been putting up good at bats. Our pitchers have been very convicted in their pitches. We've been executing a lot of different things, and that balance that that we've been able to keep has been the big difference for us. Uh, we're not as excitable as maybe I, I I feared, you know, with with the excitement of the postseason coming and the expectations and the and the notoriety that comes with playing in these big games. You can swing out of the zone a little bit more. Nope, we haven't done that. We didn't do it against Sale. We didn't do it against Pomeranz. We didn't do it against Price. Um, you can want to, you know, have a little extra on your pitches, and our guys have been very very meticulous in in being themselves. So uh, I love that as a manager because it means our players are 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 locked in where they need to be. Uh, up to this point, so I, I would expect us to con continue that. Maureen, you have one Yes, yeah. follow up to that. Um, how much do you think having the four games here at the end of the season helped them to make that transition? Well, I, I think I think the first couple were like playoff games for us, and that and not so much about being at Fenway and now that we're back at Fenway, but just playing intense baseball the last week, given that we had clinched with so much time, I think gave us a little bit of a of a of a preview of of intense baseball. You know, I'll, I'll clinch as early as, as we can every given year. I would take the, the, the agony of trying to get your team ready at the end of the season. It was, it was really nice to clinch as early as we did. But the fear in that, if there is fear, is that you're, you're, you're going to play this sort of methodical, boring baseball for a couple weeks and then jump right into the inferno of playoff baseball. And we had an opportunity here last week when the Red Sox were trying to clinch the East. We were chasing the best record where the intensity of the baseball was exactly how it was at Minute Maid in game one and game two. Um, not taking, The last game at Fenway was more of an exhibition game. They had clinched. We, we already had our seating. Uh, but those games were really important from an from a intensity level when you're trying to get a team ready to play. Tim. Obviously, a reliever with a, a dominant platoon split the way Davinsky has against lefties this year is valuable. Uh, is there any extra value when it's a reverse split like that and the way it kind of complicates pinch hitting decisions the way it did in game two? Well, when you, when you only have one left-handed reliever, it helps. You know, and Will Harris has been good against lefties uh, for his career, and, and obviously Davinsky's a weapon out there. And, and the, the, 
the opposite handedness of, of your bullpen, the ability of your op to get out the opposite hand is, is critical uh, because you can't control what, what, you know, for me, what John's going to do um, or even, even the, the way the order works out. See, we are so good in, as an industry at making it really difficult to have a, a pocket of, of, of at-bats that's comfortable. There's always going to be a righty in between the two lefties. There's always going to be lefty in between righties. That's how balanced teams are built. So having the, the ability to get the off-handed hitter out uh, is critical. You know, for me, with a guy like Davinsky, uh, to be candid, I don't really care right-handed or left-handed. I mean, obviously, I'm comfortable if, if they want to throw some left-handers up there. He's got pitches for them. Uh, but he's an elite reliever. Elite relievers, you don't care too much about um, what the other side does. And I, you know, I would be perfectly fine with Chris Davinsky facing anybody in baseball uh, with the game on the line, which is, which is why he's been good. Brian? With your uh, rotation mapped out the next two games, is there a, a better idea of where you might want to use McCullers or is there a, like pockets you might want to try to? Yeah, you know, I think from? Lance, um, I'm not going to be too careful with him. You know, I feel like he can come in and get outs whenever we want. You know, we haven't gotten him up in game one and game two. The game hasn't really dictated it. He got up to, to almost simulate getting ready and just keep himself ready in case we needed him later in the game. So I... I wish I could tell you that I, we've mapped out everything perfectly. We try to map out as much as we can, but the game's going to have to dictate that. You know, I'm well aware of Brad's, you know, you know, third time through the order, what his numbers are like and how. Uh, so you can envision a middle part of the game being, being available to him. And just when I say that, Peacock's going to go out and, and potentially get the third time through the order and be fine. So if we need to use him, uh, I have no problem any time of the game. If I go to our bullpen early and I need help late in the game, he'll be available. Uh, if something happens early, he certainly can provide length. But he's a weapon more than I need to make it perfect for him, because uh, you know he's not he's not too far removed from being a dominant starter and, and someone that we considered for one of these starts. So why would I, if I was going to start him any of these games, why would I be that concerned about using him out of the pen? Um, he, he's a real he's a real weapon when we can get him in there. Take one last one, Brian, in the middle. AJ, how uh, critical has with Peacock's development, even going back to spring training, Strom been and his belief in him, uh, working with him, and, and really getting the best out of him as a pitcher. Well, so first off, as far as as far as back and pitchers go, I'm I'm as impressed as I can get how Brent Strom has the backs of the pitchers that he works with, and and really tries to maximize what they do well, uh, and and bring that to the forefront. He he's tremendous at developing you know rapport with guys and pushing guys to be better. I don't care if that's a young kid coming up. First time, like a couple of years ago, with McCullers, all the way to when we traded for Verlander, he attacked right away with ways that he felt like he could get him better. Uh, I love that about Stromy. So when it when it comes to Peacock, he's been his biggest advocate since my time here for three years. Um, he's always had belief in this breaking ball, this slider that's really uh, you know come on strong as as the as the years have come on, and then you know the, the high fastball, which is which is very popular around the game now. Uh, Stromy does a good job of 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 utilizing that with our pitchers. When it's appropriate, I don't think you can just uh, take you know certain weapons and 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 not not maximize them. So, uh, Strami's belief in his players, specifically Brad, his his conviction and, and tireless work in trying to 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 make them better, is a huge reason why we're here and why our pitching staff continues to to churn out some pretty good performances. Okay, we'll get started with Brad. Uh, we'll start with Mark up here in the front. Hey Brad, uh, two part question. Number one, what is it like being here in this situation? Number two, uh, after the win in game two, Brian McCann said as a whole, taking your body work, you might be the team's MVP. This is crazy, crazy year for me. Uh, you know, I've uh, been through a lot in the past couple of years, but uh, it's brought me brought me here, and you know, I'm just excited to be able to pitch in the postseason and 
and it's going to be pretty cool. And, you know, what Brian said means a lot. I mean, I worked, worked hard over the last couple of years, and uh, just glad to see it all paid off. Brad, how did you find out you were getting the Game 3 start? Uh, I saw it on TV last night. <laughs> now they told me, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, they did. They told me, and um, you know, couldn't be couldn't be more excited. Just gonna go out there, relax, and just have some fun for sure. I'm, I don't. I'm sure you don't have an exact count, but any any idea how many times your dad has traveled? You know, actually seen you pitch since you've been in Major League Baseball. Obviously, he was at uh, the two Houston games. He'll be here, and just that commitment, that that relationship you guys have together. I mean, he in the past. I don't know ever since I've signed in 2007. He's probably missed 10 starts, maybe. <laughs> he, he retired just to do that. Uh, once I got into junior college, he, he retired as a police officer and uh, just to follow me around. So, you know, it's, it's awesome that he can do that. And, you know, it's special uh, he can be here every start. And I think he has, I don't know, 1,000 baseballs that I throw up to him right when I get done warming up. So uh, it's pretty cool. Brad, Brad, pitching out of the stretch, was that kind of a, a foregone conclusion when they moved you as a starter just based on you'd been you know, a reliever to start the season, or, or did someone talk you into doing that? How did that come about? I, I just did it. I did it myself. Um, I just I felt like I couldn't repeat my delivery out of the windup, so I just simplified it and, uh, yeah, just went out of the stretch and just kept it simple for sure. Brad, you've, uh, you've pitched in some big games already this season. You, you said it yourself. You're just going to go out and be relaxed. Uh, you know, is that just your nature, even in a situation like this tomorrow? I mean, obviously, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard pitching here and on the road. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to try to stay as relaxed as I can and just, just have some fun out there and not worry about anything but making pitches, for sure. Mark. Moran, if someone would have told you in February that you'd be here in Fenway, game three, starting for the Astros, what would you have said? <laughs> would have told them they were crazy. <laughs> but uh, you know, just. Just being here is special for me. Uh, been humbled along the way, been injured along the way, and you know, it just makes it that much more special for me, for sure. It's the biggest start in my career, and hopefully I can keep saying that as it goes on, for sure. Jay. Brad, when spring training was coming to a close, um, what was kind of your, your mindset, your confidence at that point, not knowing what was going to happen, and, and how has that changed since then? I kept a, kept a good head on my shoulders in spring. I knew uh, I had a pretty slim chance of making, making the team, and you know, one of the guys went down, and I ended up making the team as a long man, and I was just happy to do that. Just happy uh, to be on the team. And then uh, we had a couple guys go down, and you know, they chose me to be a starter, and I just ran with it. And you know, a uh, lot of lot of help from Strami and McCann, just how he handles his business, calls pitches, and he gets there. He's the first one in the field every day, just looking at video and just trusting him back there for sure is, is key. Morning. How much confidence does what your offense has been able to do the last two games give you going into tomorrow? They've, they've been uh, a lot of fun to watch. You know, they've, they've been doing that all year. And I think I, I led the league in run support. And, you know, that's why I've had a good season, just just going out there and relaxing, knowing they're going to score runs for me. And, you know, hopefully they can keep that going and keep the confidence and uh, the energy as, as it was the first two games. Hey, last one's for Brad. Brian, in the middle. Brad, when you uh, 
were first with the Astros, there, there was a time, and not just the losing, but you know they maybe had one or two known players, and now it's we, multiple players, and the the one through four, uh, Jose Altuve, George Springer, Bregman, uh, Correa. What's what's it like when you're on a team and you have a young core like that that you know they can not just put up runs but they're going to be with the franchise for for a long long time. It, it's it's awesome. You know I played with uh, Springer and Bregman in the minor leagues and just watching Correa come out, I knew they were going to be something special and they were just you know unbelievable fun to watch bring high energy and uh, that's what you need. You need a bunch of you know a good group of young guys to keep everybody up on their toes and you know they just. They just, they're fun to watch every day. This has been a production. And whoever in this crowd wasn't standing before, well, they're getting to their feet now. Of the Houston Astros. This place is rocking right now. Radio Network.